BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of this show, where we get to sit down, make a new friend, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. I love today's episode because it's a world that I am so unfamiliar with, but so inspired by. Today we're talking tech, and today's guest has definitely made a name for himself in the tech and startup world. He's built companies in Silicon Valley and is now building one in New York City that is changing the way that we actually view oral care. Today, we're joined by tech entrepreneur Nick Greenfield. His career actually started as an original hire at Lyft, where he helped to launch eight different cities from New York to LA. He then went on to be the COO of a company called Paribus, which changed the way that we shop online and was later sold to Capital One. Today, he's the CEO of oral healthcare company Candid, which I'm sure so many of you have seen out there in the world. It is the first clear aligner company that is changing the way that we straighten our teeth through technology. Nick has really built a name for himself in the startup world and really tells the story of how he navigated that space. So anybody who's listening right now that wants to get into that world or build a startup of your own, take notes. He is a master of delivering convenience through innovation, which I really think is the heart of the tech space. He's changed the way that we travel, and now he's changing the way that we think of dentistry in 2021. Today, Nick gives us some of his best advice for aspiring brand builders, whether you want to know how to get a job at the startup of your dreams, or even how to network in the space and just get your foot in the door. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for tuning in and have an incredible week ahead. Here's my friend, Nick Greenfield. Hi, Nick. Welcome to Friend of a Friend. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on today. I feel like you are someone that has really navigated such an intense and challenging landscape. And I know that so many people listening right now, whether they're right out of college or in college and are looking at the tech startup world, are lucky to learn from you today. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to be here and happy to talk all things candid, startups, and everything in between. So you have quite an extensive resume um, in terms of building brands. You started at Lyft, where you launched them in eight different cities, which is so crazy, all the way to selling a company to Capital One. Could you walk us through the journey of what it's been like to build all of these incredible brands? You know, I started my career with no idea that, you know, more than a decade later, this is what I would be doing. I uh, played ultimate Frisbee in college and that was where my head was at. That was wow. just, that's, what I to do. that's where I wanted to spend my time. 
And I moved to San Francisco originally and got a job at a company so I could keep playing ultimate. That was like, all right, San Francisco, we had, you know, really good club teams traveled around the country, around the world playing. And that's what I wanted to do. And I kind of stumbled into the startup thing. And you mentioned Lyft a moment ago. And, and for me, that was really my first experience seeing an, an explosive growth startup. And I made a little model. I was like, if we keep growing 25% every week for the next few years, wow, this is going to be a really big company. And it, it ended up kind of meeting my, I think, all the intersection of my interests and things that kind of got me going. And I, I just caught the bug. And it, that was in, in early 2012. And so as we started kind of launching it and building it around the country, I was really one of the only people at the company who was young enough and single enough to, and probably crazy enough to go around and, and start, you know, launching different markets. So I got to travel and live in eight different cities, which was really incredible. Um, I got to see and travel and see my friends who lived all over the country after college. And at that point I realized that, wow, there's something special here. And, and I felt like I kind of figured out that figured out kind of seen, I would say behind the curtain that a lot of the startup stuff is about timing and about being in the right place at the right time. And also about just being, having enough grit to deal with the adversity and the failure that happens over and over again. And as you know, as I kind of moved on in my career, eventually I moved to New York. I joined a company called Paribus. We were when I joined Paribus, we were really struggling to grow. We hadn't really figured out kind of that next stage in growth levers. And so I came in and, and along with an amazing partner who's the head of growth at the time and who's actually started another company called Pop, which is a telemedicine company for pets. Uh, so he's gone on to his own entrepreneurial Very journey. Cool which is super cool. Um, As a dog mom, I would probably abuse that system so much every day. My dog's doing this. How do I help him? (laughs) Yeah, it's an amazing service. But there's all those times when you're a pet owner and you think, oh, you know, do I need to take my dog to the vet? And if you can just pull up a telemedicine app. And so Mark has created that. And I think a a lot of that kind of institutional, we can just figure this out mentality started for me at, at, you know, Zenride and Lyft. And made its way to Paribus and we figured out growth and we 30 X our growth over a year. And we sold to capital one, which is really exciting. Um, and then when I started candid, a lot of that mentality was brought here, which is into a completely new industry. I knew nothing about dental when I started at candid, but I believe that if I surrounded myself with the right people with the right experience and combined that with just a willingness and desire to learn truly being almost an academic a term I like to use is entrepreneurially academic, which means you apply the academics to learning and you either learn it yourself. And once you learn it, then you teach other people, or you just have to figure it out somehow. And I think that every step along the way for candid has had a very similar mentality. We've evolved, we've changed our business. We have more business changes coming. I never would have thought, which we launched, uh, we just launched a whitening product officially in the direct to consumer space, which is not something we were even thinking about two or three years ago. All of these things that just happen throughout that entrepreneurial journey that you learn and, and the skill of learning, that's why we go to school. We don't necessarily go to school to learn history or English. We, we do pick some of those things up along the way, but if you truly learn how to learn, that's what gives you the opportunity to go out and build a business and be open-minded enough and have that beginner mindset every single day that you need to get better than you were the day before. I love to hear that mentality because I think, you know, looking at your resume and looking at all you've accomplished, a question I wanted to ask you was, you know, what motivated you to keep going and find the next thing after 
having so much success in so many other businesses. I love the zero to one time in a company. That for me is the most fun time. I think I wrote an essay to go to college about how I like biking uphill. I think that just is kind of innate to who I am. We got into Stanford, uh, I, guys. So the essay was good. <laughs> I, yeah, somehow they let me in. They, the the, the uh, friends there who recently graduated or were there, and they're like, you got in when it was really easy to get in. It's much, <laughs> That's much so mean. More, it's much more challenging now. <laughs> That's so like, mean. Yeah, you're a nobody. Um, and and I, I, but I feel like that the excitement of that challenge and figuring things out, right? The puzzle. Every company, every company, either the timing is right or the timing's wrong, but you've got to do the things that you need to do to potentially make that successful. And I like figuring out what those areas are and then bringing a team along to unlock that journey. And once you've gone from zero to one, that next stage of, you know, one to a hundred or whatever number it may be, that is really, that's that's a different phase that requires different people and different skill sets. And and at Candid today, we're in the midst of building actually a new business, a a Candid Pro business, which is, I would call it more like a B2B to C, where we we sell to doctors and the doctors then sell to the end patients. I'm loving that. I'm thriving right now because it is in that earliest stage where we we haven't figured everything out. So I do love going in and figuring out different problems and challenges. That's a super interesting analysis. And I actually had a friend recently. We were, I was walking in New York City and my friend had been at a company where he helped build it from the ground up. And when he told me he had left the company and gone to a new one, I was shocked because he was really at the heart and soul of building that. And he looked at me and said, I like building things. I like being at things when the challenges are there and you're being scrappy and trying to figure out how to actually get it off the ground. So I think that that's an interesting takeaway to like, really be able to have that self-awareness to be like, do I like building things? Do I want to come in early? Or am I someone that, you know, wants to be there once there's a little bit more meat on the bone? I personally feel best aligned to that zero to one challenge. And even this applies to my investing today. You know, with the investing that I do, almost all of it is before there's a website for the company. Wow. It's really, really early stage. And I love spending that time with founders who are trying to figure out how do we just unlock it or unblock it. And even with Redesign, which is a you know a company that I've been involved with since the very beginning with, with Brett, who's the chairman of Candid, that is a company that is built around building companies. And that to me is really exciting. So when you're at the early, early, early stage and you have to unlock and figure those problems out, that's where I want to spend my time. We'll be right back after a quick break. Now that it's fall, it's time to turn your style aspirations into your style reality. And VinceCamuto.com is the one-stop shop for all of your fall style needs. Beyond having all of my favorite boots and booties, VinceCamuto.com also has amazing buttery soft handbags, gorgeous fragrances, and cool apparel and jewelry. Perfect for any occasion and at an affordable price that won't break the bank. I don't know about you, but it feels like it has never been a better time to shop. Do yourself a favor and head over to VinceCamuto.com to check out their latest arrivals. And while you're shopping, you should also sign up to become a VC VIP. The free membership gives you instant access to receive exclusive cashback offers, early notice of sales, and so much more. And just for signing up, you'll receive 50 free VC VIP points to use on your next purchase. An epic fall wardrobe, VC VIP membership, and free points? That's a win-win-win. Head over to VinceCamuto.com to shop now. Terms and conditions apply. Now let's get back to the show. 
Well, let's talk about the company you're building. I think Candid is so innovative. I've had my own personal experience with, you know, going into a dentist office. I am that classic adult where my teeth shifted in my adult life and I didn't wear my retainer enough. Um, but, you know, you sit there and you get quoted around like five, anywhere between like five and 10 grand for aligners. And that's so not affordable for most people. But I would love to hear what the inception point was for you of building Candid. We, at the early point, and I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head, where aligners cost five ten thousand $10,000. And if you're in New York, you might pay $15,000. I was talking to somebody in Tokyo who said the average price for that main brand name clear aligner that I won't name uh, today uh, on the podcast is $18,000 <gasps> in Tokyo. In Tokyo? Tokyo. My, my head exploded because these, 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 the product doesn't cost that much to make. Right. Right. And especially the bigger you are, the more economies of scale you have, the, the, the less it costs to build. And what we wanted to do was make a product accessible and affordable. But the key differentiator for Candid in the early days and really has continued and accelerated today is on clinical outcomes and patient experience. You know, 80, 85% of people in the US today have some type of malocclusion, and which means their teeth, their, their teeth are misaligned. And they could go for candid treatment. So whether you've had braces growing up and you stopped wearing your retainer or your, you know, the proverbial dog ate your retainer, or you didn't have braces growing up and you couldn't afford it, we want to help provide that solution. Now, where Candid has continued to innovate over the last really four and a half years, we launched with a direct-to-consumer e-commerce model. We then uh, opened our Candid studios. So we have locations all around the country where you can come in and get a scan, and then we'll ship your liners to your house. And now we're offering Candid through the dental practice. So many patients go to their dentist on a regular basis. They feel more comfortable starting inside a dental practice. And we launched Candid Pro with the idea, if you want to start with your dentist, we believe that the quality through telehealth that we provide with an incredibly affordable clear liner system can actually be given to you through your dentist. And so it costs a little bit more when you go through the dentist because there's a little bit more work. We have some more bells and whistles that are included as part of that treatment, but you can have treatment overseen by your dentist. And so our goal is to be omni-channel. It's a, it's a, it's a buzzword, but it's a, you know, whether it's in retail or e-commerce today through that dental professional, and we want to provide the, the, the most highest quality clear liner treatment that can be provided. And remember, it's not a snap your fingers type treatment. This is a treatment that takes six months or nine months or three months, if you have a really easy case. And we want to be with you all the way through that treatment. And so today, and you'll experience this when you get your aligners, every two weeks, you'll take a scan of your mouth with your smartphone and this really cool scan box that we'll provide you. And you take those scans of your teeth and we can, through AI, connect you directly through telehealth to your doctor. So you don't need to come back into the dental office or you don't need to come back into the studio. And you can get that incredibly high level and quality of care to drive a better outcome while minimizing office visits. And that takes the cost out. Something that's really interesting to me about Candid, and I think definitely something that we see a lot in the startup space today, is... I wonder what you feel the ultimate value is of what Candid is. Because in my mind, you guys are a technology company. You use AI. It's a robotics company at the end of the day, being able to create these custom molds for people and have them come into a studio and have this very dedicated experience. But from the outside, people will be like, okay, it's a dental care company. It's an oral care company. As a founder, how do you assess what that real value is and be able to share that back with the world? 
I'm so glad you picked up on that because it is the number one challenge that we have internally at Candid. We are five going on six companies in one. We have e-commerce and supply chain and logistics, and we have professional, and we have a whole telehealth, telemedicine, patient management system that we've built. And we're a medical device manufacturing company. We make our own aligners, and we have a whole team that's building incredible state-of-the-art 3D printed, 3D printed manufactured aligners. We've got all these things going on. And at the end of the day, all of what brings all of this together is a technology platform, right? It's the software that brings Candid together. And so everything that we do is grounded in software and building that technology that allows us to build a scalable platform, but it's not easy. And it will continue to take us years and years and years to build all those systems that we need internally that will let us truly have the scale that we want to deliver world-class patient outcomes and experience. If I, if I had to boil it down into why Candid is different than any other company out there today in the clear liner space, it is that Candid is the only patient-oriented company. We're the only company that thinks about the patient, whether through the Candid professional channel, direct to consumer, or through the Candid studios. Everything we're doing is geared around generating a world-class patient experience and patient outcomes. And that's very different, right? If you look at Smile Direct Club or Bite, two of our competitors, they call them customers and members. And that's intentional. That's how they think about that world. If you look at Invisalign, they talk about their dental customers. We think about that patient and we are a partner with the dental professional or the candid orthodontist. We're a partner with them to help serve their patients as well as possible. So I think that's a really nice grounding principle for us across the board for our entire company. It's interesting to me because, you know, I interview so many different founders and companies and new brands are in front of me every day. And it's really rare that a brand comes across my way that I truly think is innovative. You've done so many businesses that have brought innovation to the table. Lyft, so innovative when it started. Even like Paribus, so innovative when it started. A totally different way to shop. I wonder what that moment's like for you when you can identify that something actually is going to make a difference in someone's everyday life. I don't think, I think as founders today, like there is, we can be very excited about a concept and be like, no, it's different. But for you having so much experience, there must be that, that spark moment. My rule of thumb is actually, it's the spark moment, but then it's how does that excitement build? So what I say is I need to get more excited about an idea for 30 days straight before I'm going to jump into that. And I had that with Candid. I very much had that with my experience with Lyft. I had that my experience with Paribus, meeting the, meeting the team, just being so blown away by, by Eric and Kareem, who've now gone on to start Ramp with Gene, who was one of our early employees there, which is an incredible company, and Mark, who started Pop. So really, it, I get excited not only by the idea, but by the people who are around the table. And if you have the right combination of people with the right idea and the right timing, that's where I come in, which is execution. So how do we nail the execution and figure out, okay, this is an idea and a concept. In my head, can I build all of those pieces and really get that out on paper? And over 30 days, if I continue to get more excited about it, to me, it's probably a pretty good idea. And I've been right more often than I've been wrong on these, but I have been wrong. And I've invested time in something which didn't work. The unit economics didn't work. And I spent a long time working on it. And so I think that those failures are also important because if you only have wins, you know, you're only putting big numbers on the scoreboard, it doesn't drive the humility to realize that you probably are not necessarily the one who's personally responsible for doing that thing. Instead, you had the right timing, 
you figured it out, but you figured it out with a group of people and you, 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 you were really lucky that you nailed it. But if you do it again, you might, you might fail. And so you've got to be comfortable with the fact that failure is always there. And I think failing is an incredibly important part of that entrepreneurial journey. We'll be right back after a quick break. Here's a problem that I have with health supplements. I'm not really convinced that the vast majority of them are actually doing anything to improve my health. You hear about the rare herb that promises to cure everything, but it most likely can't. And I know which foods are good for me, but the problem is that my schedule lately has been so crazy that I notice I'm not actually getting all the good foods that I need every day. This is why I love Memories Whole Food Powders. It allows me to fill the gaps in my diet with highly absorbable whole foods. And there's not a single ingredient on their label that I don't recognize, which I think we can all admit is an absolute rarity. Let's get to the benefits. Memory is all about improving your brain health. One serving of memory can give you 10 grams of plant-based protein, over a serving of leafy green veggies, six grams of fiber, prebiotics, and absolutely zero added sugars or sweeteners. It's also a great source of antioxidants, which comes from its first ingredient, blueberries, vitamin A and K, magnesium, and plant-based omega-3s. They make it so easy for me to incorporate this into my daily routine. And all three delicious flavors can be quickly mixed into an eight ounce glass of water, blended into a smoothie, or even incorporated into my favorite recipes. I usually am a base girl, but right now I've been on the blueberry and lemon. I add lemon to my smoothies every morning anyways, so it's so nice to get all of this just in one scoop. Memory is giving you guys 30% off at checkout when you head to yourmemory.com backslash friend. So I recommend taking full advantage and trying them all. That's Y-O-U-R-M-E-M-O-R-E.com slash friend for 30% off at checkout. Now let's get back to the show. So as someone who is very prolific, game-changing in the tech space, I'm sure there are so many people listening right now that are interested in getting into tech, interested in working in startups. So let's switch gears a little bit. I want to get a couple pieces of advice from you, some feedback on your experience. I would love to know, as someone that is in the space, what do you wake up and read every day? What's your media diet? What are the things that you have to look at so you know that you're informed in the tech world? No, I read and I've, I've read for a long time. I, I read TechCrunch. I read the information. I read the Wall Street Journal. I'd say those are probably the three kind of top ones. And then, and then I've oscillated, you know, there are certain subreddits, for example, that of, of topics or things that I'm interested in. There's a lot of dentists that are on there and I want to hear what they're saying. And so I'll, I'll kind of get in there for, for personal purposes, things like that I'm, I'm into. And I find that overall, even though it's, it's, it's kind of like the pop science of our space, I think TechCrunch is, is highly informative. Um, and then I'm, I subscribe to a couple newsletters so, you know, I'll get deal book and, and, uh, and pitch book and things like that to kind of give me just information on financing. And then there's some really cool ones in the digital health space that are unique and the names are, are, are slipping my mind, but there's a roundup every month that has all of the digital health investments that are done. And the reason I like looking at the investments is because then it gives me a reason to go look at those companies. And so I'll go, I'll go see what all those companies are and I'll go see what they're doing and, and how they're innovating and what they're building. Uh, so it's less about, oh my goodness, this company just raised a ton of money, but more, what are they doing and what can we learn from that? I'm a big Morning Brew newsletter fan. I don't know if you're subscribed to them, but they have, especially for like someone my age trying to like figure out what's going on in the world. I always love getting that in my inbox and being able to kind of see what's going on. They've figured, they've figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that they've launched like a few other ones. Like they have a marketing one, they have a tech one, like you can subscribe to all the different categories that you're interested in. Yeah, they're great. I have, I have um, one that I get on the weekends is Street Sheet. 
it's it's more about kind of like the goings on in, in Wall Street, for example. Again, I love reading books about Wall Street because I'm not in that industry, but I find it kind of like romantically interesting, even though it's, you know, it's got its it's got its problems, but I enjoy kind of like reading about the intrigue and the stories that are going on there. So I, I enjoy that one as well. Well, I love what you were saying earlier about like the necessity to learn and like continue that on into your adult life. Yeah, I listened to Business Breakdowns, which is a podcast by Colossus. And, you know, I remember listening to like the pin duo, duo, pin duo, 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 something like that. I don't even know how to pronounce it appropriately, but it's, it's this company in China and it, it does, this, this idea doesn't exist in the States, the way that they do things This is massive company in China. And just hearing how something is totally transformative, just from a sociological standpoint, the way, the, the, the way that the different cultures operate and the companies that can come out of those cultures, which is many times why we export our technology and our ideas and our entertainment out into the world. It, it hasn't been until probably TikTok where yeah. I felt like we've had an amazing new digital technology from another country really come to the States and really, you know, have the explosive growth. So it's, I love kind of digging into that. And it gives me ideas for my company, whether it's to start to start a company or investment ideas or just things that we can apply directly to Candid. I, I love hearing stories about that. Learning more about you and your resume, because I do feel like it is so emblematic of the generation that we're in where, you know, maybe generations prior to us would find one job and stay in it for decades and build the thing and be there. But I think our generation, we are free to jump around, try new things, build new businesses, jump over to another one, get poached by another one. Um, I think we are definitely living in that time. And I, based on your experience and all the different companies and businesses that you've helped build, I would love to hear your insights on when you think it is ready to move. Look, tours of duty is one of my favorite concepts and startups. And, and my co-founder, Lilla, she taught me about the idea, which is somebody should come in and sign up for a tour of duty and say, okay, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months, whatever it may be, that's what I'm here to do. And I've had, I think, four or five of my direct reports of Candid leave and go on to start companies. And if they're going to leave, that's what I want them to be doing. I want them to go at that. You know, I want to hire people who th maybe this is the stop before they go and they build their own thing. And I think at Candid, that's really important. It's something that we value is we don't expect, especially this generation, we don't expect this generation to be here for four, five, six, 10 years. There are people who do that. And the reason they do that is because they sign up for their next tour of duty. So anyone who's been a Candid for four years has worn three, four, five different hats because especially being a pretty demographically millennial work population, we need to give people more and more opportunities to learn and to grow or they're going to go seek that elsewhere. So I think it, I, I'm a big believer that, look, I'd love to have people here forever, but the reality is that unless you're a crazy rocket ship where people are staying, frankly, because the equity that they have is just growing so fast. And that's the reason they're staying. You need to be giving your employees more and more opportunities to learn, grow, and develop. And that is accelerating. We are the Amazon Prime generation, and we need to provide that in, inside our companies. And if you're not getting that at your company, it's probably worth having either the conversation with your boss or the founder or the CEO or whoever is a person that you respect there to say, look, I'm not getting the learning that I need. I'm not getting the growth and development. Let's put a plan together to make that happen because I've gone through my first 18 months here in a tour of duty. So I think loyalty long-term is really, really valuable and important. And I truly value it as a, as a CEO and as a friend, but I also, that's a, it's a two-way street. 
And you need to have that equation where on one side, somebody's getting the value that they deserve, especially now with the information transparency we have out there and the ease of moving. It's just more important than ever. We'll be right back after a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, an online platform that assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. If there's anything that I love that came out of the pandemic, it's our ability to do things from home in our comfort zones. And BetterHelp is exactly that. No more going into those uncomfortable waiting rooms. No more thinking of therapy as an afterthought. You don't have to go to it after work or squeeze it in before work. It's something that you can do at your own convenience. And speaking of convenience, they make it so easy for you to stay in communication with your counselor. You can message your counselor at any time and you'll get thoughtful and timely responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without having to leave your house. Something If there's something that you're dealing with right now, BetterHelp allows you to connect with someone in under 48 hours. It's so quick. It's so convenient. And you can get the help you need for whatever it is that you're dealing with. Something I love about it the most is that it is way more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. They cover a huge range of topics from anxiety, relationship, grief, self-esteem, trauma, sleeping, and anything that you share is confidential. So many people are using BetterHelp right now that they have gone global and they are currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Now, I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com friend. You'll be joining over 1 million people who have also taken charge of their mental health too. Again, that's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P slash friend. Now let's get back to the show. I love hearing you talk about wanting to hire people that want to go off and start their own businesses. What is a characteristic that is most important to you while you're hiring someone to work in a very competitive tech space? I think grit is probably the most important thing that matters, especially at a place like Candid. We've had many ups and downs. COVID was extremely hard. I'm I'm here in our office today and we're still not back in the office. And we may not be until the spring or the summer. So there's lots and lots of ups and downs, but ultimately the people who are most successful here have grit. And they're willing to they're willing to kind of go through the true startup experience, Series A, Seed, Series B. Directions do change, and what we were doing in 2017 doesn't work anymore. And we have to be willing to adapt and change. And so I, I truly value grit as a you know as an example, and, and hearing examples of people having to put up go through adversity because I think it just makes them stronger on the other side. For people who want to get into the tech space, even to get in touch with you or to work for another company, what do you think is the best networking or communication hack that you can offer to for them to hear? That's a great question. Um, and I think that it depends on both physically where you are and then and then digitally what you like to do. So you know, my recommendation, for example, for somebody in New York is there's all these incredible kind of new venture studios and, and uh, company building engines that are developing here, whether it's Juxtapose or Redesign or uh, Betaworks, you've all these things, Thrive does it, that are doing it and figuring out how you can kind of get involved somehow in that scene, whether the happy hours that they have or the newsletters that they're putting out or following their companies, seeing what's on their websites, their job openings, really picking a couple and getting deep and trying to understand Fractal Software, a guy from Candid when is running talent there. So those these types of companies that are, that are building companies are really interesting and really the new kind of seed model at the lower end. 
So I think that's on the lower end. And then the second is, is looking at the companies that have recently raised capital uh, and saying, hey, here's a list of 10, 15, 20 companies that I think are really interesting and learning and exploring and getting to know their products. I think if you learn and explore and get to know a product, you can develop a passion around that as an idea. And then you can go out and say, okay, I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to meet somebody there. But if you do the intellectual work of deeply understanding that product, then you'll find the right places to go engage with the communities that like those products. I love that your first recommendation was an IRL recommendation. I cannot tell you how many people jump on here and say, and while these are very valuable recommendations, LinkedIn, Instagram, slide in the DMs, friend on Facebook. That's like usually the response that I get. But when people always ask me, I often get asked the question when it comes to, you know, navigating college life, what was most helpful for me in meeting new people, putting myself out there and finding people with like-minded interests? And the answer that I always give was joining clubs at NYU. NYU is like not known for clubs. It is something that is like almost frowned upon. The sororities are like kind of quiet, but I was in the fashion club. I was in the writing club. I wrote for the fashion magazine and all the people that I met during that time are still people that I work with today and know to some extent whether they're working at a magazine and we've collaborated on something or they're working at a brand. Those IRL connections in hubs where you're relating on something that you all mutually love are the most valuable resources that I feel like people do not take advantage of enough. I couldn't agree more. I talk about this all the time, which is why do we have, why do people have their friends from high school and college and then early adult life? And then once you get older, you know, when, when, once you hit 25, 26, it's like, oh yeah, how do you know these people? There aren't that many people that are new people that you meet right. and act and you, it's because you have to be actively, consciously thinking about it and making an effort. And it was a lot easier when you were a freshman and sophomore in college to join a club. But how do you do that as an adult? How do you actively go out, especially in COVID, and truly build relationships with people and continue that up? And that was one of my New Year's resolutions this year, was I really wanted to say, hey, no matter what, I'm going to go meet 50 entrepreneurs and operators that exist within my network somehow, I'm going to go meet these new people because I realized for an entire year, I met nobody. Right. And how am I going to learn? I learn from people. So how am I going to learn without going out and meeting new people? So if you can be intentional about it, I think it makes it all the more powerful. I love that that was a goal of yours because that was a goal of mine this year too. I think as adults, we're trained to never go out and learn something new. We think that by the time we hit adulthood, if we're not good at it, it's not meant for us. And even, you know, through COVID, there were so many online classes that I took. And right as things were opening up again, I ended up getting into an arts class in LA. And the amount of people that I had say to me, wow, that's really like bold. Like you just went into a class where you don't know a single person and you're not really good at it. And it's a, a new thing for you. And it was the most liberating, exciting experience that I've put myself through in the past year because I met people that were totally different than my usual group of friends. We all were in the same room for something that we love to do. So we automatically had that foundation. And it was just putting myself in an uncomfortable experience to learn something new. It was so valuable. And I like, I love that you're also in that same mentality because I think you can't learn something new if you don't put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Couldn't agree more. Beginner's mindset. You got to just always try to live life in a beginner's mindset. Always live in it. You, there, there's always something new to learn. And that's something that I feel like this year was just so important for me to understand and begin to navigate. So guys, go try something new. Go sign up for a random class. Go do pottery, whatever it is. It's fun to have a hobby too, by the way. <laughs> the president of Candid, she goes to pottery 
at least one, if not two nights a week, she discovered it in COVID. And it's like the one thing that, that like can get her mind off of the craziness of work. And that's a new thing. And it's like, it's, it's like a new relationship. The, the, the new relationship energy there with, with pottery is just so strong. I see you as someone who is like a serial solver. You are constantly solving problems, making things better for people on a day-to-day basis. What is the thing that you are most excited to solve next? We, with Candid Pro, which is where I'm spending all my time right now uh, inside our business, I, I think we have an incredible problem to solve, which is 75% of people when they go to their dentist are interested in or thinking about straightening their teeth, but very, very few of them do it because there aren't solutions out there that are affordable, accessible, and drive high quality patient outcomes. And I think that figuring out and solving that problem, how do we bridge the gap, the telehealth gap, whether it's between doctor and doctor or doctor and patient that lives inside that dental practice, and how do we drive great results in alignment? How do we bring whitening into the fold? How do we take that data from your Sonicare toothbrush and and show how it's going back into treatment? All of those things to me are these incredible opportunities that if we can truly unlock that and start applying it to other areas, we just launched a partnership in sleep apnea and we can help solve that. We can diagnose that in the dental practice and then we can bring that more broadly to the masses. Things like that get me really excited. So I'm excited about figuring out how do we take that experience you had this morning in the Candid Studio and apply that at scale and mass to dentists and teach them how to bring that experience to their patients. Because I think if we do that, There's a lot of orthodontic problems and a whole lot of other things that we can solve in the future. I mean, look, I don't know a single person who enjoys going to the dentist. So if you can solve that problem, I think we can give you a Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) (laughs) It's the lowest, unfortunately, the lowest net promoter score experience of anything. It's just ahead of buying, uh, buying swimsuits for women. That's the the number, number two worst experience on there. I learned this from the founder of, um, Andy's this with swimsuit line. She, wow. uh, she, she was explaining, she's like, Oh, we're in like the two lowest net promoter score experiences. And I've met a ton of dentists who I know are great, great people and provide great experiences. And so I think that that's, that there's probably a different type of model, but it's a scary experience. And if we can help at least bring ortho, better orthodontic care and reduce that friction and make people feel good about it, I think it'll change their relationship with their dentist. I think it'll change their relationship with their oral health. And I think that will have wide ranging implications for them that are highly positive in the rest of their lives. Nick, this was so fun. I really loved going into your world for an hour. There was so much that I learned. It's so interesting to me. And I really appreciate your willingness to be on here and share this back with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me. And next time, hopefully in person in LA. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.